rebellion is all that remains to push back the Empire. You think you might be able to help us? When was the last time you were in contact with your father? What is this? It appears he is critical to the development of the secret weapon. If my father built this thing, we need to find him. All right. How many do I need? They are requesting a call sign. It's, um, Rogue. Rogue One. The power that we are dealing with here is immeasurable. If the Empire has this kind of power, what chance do we have? We have hope. Rebellions are built on hope. This moment, the force is strong. Make ten men feel like a hundred. We'll take the next chance. And the next. You're rebels, Amy. Hello, and welcome to the McGeppin' Fries Movie Podcast. I'm Ian. And I'm Gavin. Welcome to the show. And today we are doing our Rogue One non-spoiler cast. Emails and then spoiler cast. Yep, yep. We'll and just so, do uh, like a little quick review, answer some of your guys' questions after that, and then we will go on full on spoiler territory. Yeah, but don't worry, there'll be a big um, alert noise. If you fall asleep during it, you'll wake up and hear it and be able to stop it. Right. Yeah. We want to use that noise from the trailer for something for a while. You know that? Yeah, I like that. It's I like a great that. noise. It's yeah. a great noise. <laughs> I want that to be my ringtone. Yeah, well, once I put it in here, I'll, I'll pop it. I'll put it in my ringtone. I'll, I'll personalize it so it's like every time the wife calls. Yeah. <laughs> what will you become? <laughs> oh shit, it's the Force. <laughs> it's the fucking Empire. <laughs> Lord Vader. <laughs> I'm going to start calling her that, actually. Who's that on the phone? It's a force of miserable power. <laughs> I'm going to do that next time she calls Lord Vader. <laughs> We've exited hyperspace. You have done it too close to the rebel base. I shall take Admiral full, Nida. I shall take full responsibility for this. <laughs> and deliver the news to Lord Vader myself. Yes. <laughs> and God bless, I mean, God bless Star Wars movies. They shot this. This is shot partly in Pinewood again, right? Uh, yes, I believe so. So a lot of plummy English actors got a lot of plummy English roles, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of great 70s British stashes going on as well. There are, there are. But decidedly English stashes. They are. They don't they put are. them on American characters because they would look weird, right? I know, yeah. The, the mustache, it had its very brief, you know, fling with uh, hipness. Yes. <laughs> and then it just sort of went away. But when you see... But then there are certain people that aren't hip unless they have it. Yeah, yeah. But when you see, like, a guy in a tash and those... Like, it, it fits with the Rebel Alliance outfits. It does, it does. Yeah. I mean, if I see a guy with a mustache and he looks good, I'm always envious. Because it takes a special kind of guy to pull off a mustache. Yeah. Like, guys can generally look good with beards. Yeah. With a, with a mustache, you kind of look like a rapist. <laughs> From the 70s. Yes. Who's time-traveled. Because <laughs> there's no one left in the 70s to rape. Yeah. So he's come here for fresh meat. It's the follow-up to time after time. <laughs> It, well, we, it is what I would do if I was ever going to do a sequel to Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. <laughs> Michael Rooker comes back in time, as Yondu, and just starts killing motherfuckers. With his arrow. With, <laughs> with his, his arrow. arrow. With his arrow. It's like we can mix it up with Seven, and he gives his arrow to some guy who's cheating on his wife. And they're like, remember that scene in Seven where the guy's like, he told me to put this thing on. 
and you told me to fuck her, <laughs> and I did it. I fucked her. I fucked her. <laughs> I can't remember that bit. You don't remember that bit? I don't remember that bit. I haven't seen Seven in a while. I remember the actor is Leland Orser. Oh. I remember the actor. I remember he was all like, because he was, he was wrapped up in like a black garbage bag. Fuck. And there was, he was all like shaking, because he fucked this bitch to death, like wearing this this uh, saw dildo. Speaking of Star Wars. <laughs> speaking of Star Wars. <laughs> speaking of saw dildos. That's what this movie was missing. Oh. <laughs> a couple of saw dildos. So yeah, so Rogue One is a story of... Rogue One is sponsored by Green Room 136. One thing about one, Green Room 136 bags. Rogue One is sponsored by Green Room 136. Well, this podcast about Rogue One is sponsored by Green Room 136. One thing about Rogue One um, backpacks. Yeah. If I put my rolled up umbrella in the side little holders on my backpack, mm-hmm. I feel like Boba Fett. They are Star Warsy looking bags. Is this before or after you fall into the sandpit? Before. Excellent. Yeah. Or after he crawls out, according to the extended universe. Put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. <laughs> If you're a, if you if you don't have a cargo hold to carry around with you, you should use a greener one two six bag. They're great. Yes, they are. Um, fact, rainmaker, rainmaker, I have rainmaker, and rainmaker. mine's a junk monkey. That's junk monkey. So if you want to get one of those, you can help us out by going to greenroom136.com and using the offer code MACIAP10. We'll have a competition for that soon, but we'll talk about that later. All right. Yeah. So Rogue One is the story. What I didn't realize until after watching Rogue One is that it is summarized by the opening crawl of Episode Four. Yes, it is. Rebel forces striking from a hidden base have yeah. won a their first yeah, battle exactly. against the Empire. Exactly. And talking about the story of this movie is almost pointless. A little bit. You know, it's you know, you know. It, okay, basically, what it is, all you need to know about the story is the it's a a band of ragtag people who shouldn't get who shouldn't work together, but they do. And no, but it is rebel spaceships yes. striking from a hidden base have won their first will win their first victory against the evil galactic empire during the battle. Rebel spies will manage to steal secret plans to the empire's ultimate weapon, the yes. Death Star. That's, That's it. it. That's it. They steal the plans for the Death Star, thereby setting up the entire saga. Yes. That's all you need to know about the story. I mean, and basically everything else in there, filling in the blanks, is that you just meet the people who did it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That, that's it. Yeah. Uh, and it's a film that redeems the word prequels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Really does, right? Like, I mean, prequels up until now have been a dirty word, thanks to George Lucas's prequels. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, to a certain extent. To a certain extent, and I will. I, I'm pretty sure one of your complaints might be that this is like genetically grown to plug certain gaps, and it, it, it fits in like this fits into the series. So there's no joint; you can't see the joints, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we we can see some joints. Okay, there are definitely some joints, and we'll get to those later on. In spoilers, but. For the most part, it fits in incredibly well. It does. It does. It fits into the canon very, very nicely. Um, that was probably what I was most impressed by. Yeah. Um, I mean, I tell you what I liked about it because if you go back to the the uh, the interview with George Lucas when they were asking him, you know, like you know, I think I think this was just after he sold Lucasfilm and they were asking him well, after, what, after the messy divorce. Yeah, you know, you know, what what would you do? You know, he's like, well, when they you find know, you, you know, I, I would. What would uh, you do? What would you become? Yeah, if you continue to fight. <laughs> uh, you know, and he was he was saying, "Well, I would want to push the um, the medium forward." Yeah, which is what I was trying to do with the prequels. You know, regardless of whether you like the prequels or not, what he was doing at the time was revolutionary. Yeah. Um, and you look back at it now; it looks incredibly dated. That's part of the problem when you're always working with the most modern technology of the yeah. day is that it gets dated the following month. And another, but a big problem with that is if you've watched the Red Letter Media 
takedowns on those mm-hmm. whenever he does a thing about talking about direct, Lucas's directorial style and mm-hmm. it just cuts to him sitting beside Video Village going like yeah that's fine and he's looking at other things he's never paying attention to the actors and what they're doing but those but, those, I mean the stories in those movies would be are a problem but they would have been a bit better if like he was you watched the was it the making of and it's like hubris the movie that's true but what he was but the whole thing about him trying to push the medium forward yeah that was something that he meant and that he yeah. stayed true to I, I mean what I'm saying the but, ability, but, but the, ability about, the ability to take an actor from one scene and put him into the, the scene with another one that's a very cool thing to be able to do yes unfortunately if they're both dead-eyed fish not you know emoting to their best or not being driven by a good dire- a director who works well with actors to give their best performances in each case it comes off wooden and stilted. Yes, but what he was saying was that what they wanted to do, what Disney wanted to do with Episode Seven, was that they wanted to make a retro film. That was like his words. I'm very much. They so. had they had no interest in pushing the medium forward. No. They wanted to make a retro film. They wanted more of what came before. They want to make money. Yes, they want to make money. Loads and of money. And so that's what they did. However, I feel that with Rogue One, one thing I liked about Rogue One is that I think that they managed to do that in a way that I think Lucas himself would have been a lot happier with. Yeah, is that they made a retro film that felt fresh. Yep. It had a fresh perspective. Well, Not to say that there's the, the film doesn't have problems, because the film does have problems, but in terms of the look and feel of the film, it it managed to balance the scales of being a retro film and being its own thing. Yeah. Something which I didn't think Force Awakens did as well. No. And uh, my review for The Hype Geek, I cued it off by saying, like, J.J. Abrams had an easier time because he just remade Star Wars. It was it was one desert, de- it was one big fat homage. Yeah, it was like Desert Planet, Plucky Heroes, yeah. you know, Reluctant Heroes, slightly. Yeah, um, and you have that same. And shit. you assault a large spherical. Object. And you have that same shit in this movie, but it feels fresher. Yeah, you know, it doesn't it doesn't feel so like it doesn't have the baggage. There's no Desert Planet. Well, there is. There is a Desert Planet, but it's not for <laughs> you long. Got, you got to have a Desert Planet. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's one thing that I thought that the film did quite well that I that I that I liked and that I appreciated as as a Star Wars fan and also as someone who just wanted to see a fun film. Yeah. And I do think the film is very enjoyable. What I do find bizarre about the film is that it's it's enjoyable while while putting you in this unique position of sitting down there enjoying the film, having a good good old time with it, but at the same time not really giving a shit about anything. It's something I realized <laughs> after the second viewing is that all these characters are awesome on screen, but by the end of the movie you know basically nothing about any of them apart from Jen or so. And also you like and same thing with like Force Awakens. I can't remember anyone's fucking name. Oh really? Oh, I, got, I, I can't remember. You remember I mean, Finn? Like, like I can remember. Okay, I can remember like Ray and Finn mm. because it, they they were fucking sh- shoved down our throat so much. I don't remember anyone else. Yeah. That 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 that's that CG old Yoda ripoff. I don't remember her name. Uh, Maz. Maz. Mads. Something, something. I don't know. So, no, Mads I, Mikkelsen's in this one. Sorry, Mads, Mads Mikkelsen is in this movie. And, and another thing, you know, any movie where Mads Mikkelsen doesn't get to beat the shit out of anyone, epic fail. Yeah, he's, epic fail. He's wasted in this movie. But he, he's more wasted than Doctor Strange. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wasn't crazy about Doctor Strange to be honest with you. Mm, I mean, I, I mean, I enjoyed like some of the sequences, but mm. I didn't think I wasn't particularly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I thought it was. I thought it was all right. I thought yeah. it was all right, but it's it wasn't. Right. It wasn't as trippy as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, well, I think I, we talked about that. I think like you know, this is all like oh, this is bargain basement uh, trippiness for kids. This isn't the kind of trippiness I want to see. Yeah, this yeah. is like CG trippiness that you know I saw in the lawnmower man. Yeah, I want more. But you know, coming back to Rogue One, is like the whole thing. The whole, thing, the whole anytime anyone starts talking in my brain, I was just like, get to the mission. Yeah. 
Just get to the mission. There's a little I, bit of that. You know, it's... and uh, or, or, oh, wait, oh, wait, wait. We're going to go on a little mini mission before we get to the big mission. So we're going to do a little mini mission, and then people are going to talk again, and they're going to have some disagreements. And then they're going to go on another little mini mission mm. before they get to the big mission. And I got to a point where I was just like, just get to the fucking mission. Relate- just hurry up and steal the fucking plants. <laughs> Related to that, did you find the beginning choppy? Yes. Now, on second viewing, the first time around, I was like, I found myself unable to get into it. Like, I mean, it's chopping. The, the beginning of this movie jumps around like six or seven locations. And there's a lot of like uh, on-screen titles, which the other movie didn't do, right? No. There is there is a, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. There is no crawl. Which I nice. liked. Which I liked. And it's just, and it, but it's that, and it, it just goes from the long, the, the blue text to a planet with that Star Wars. Woof. Yeah. And it's just like, you're there. Yeah. And that's and I, cool. And I like that. I like that. Yeah. But after that, I'm starting to hate Michael Giacchino's score for it. I found that part of the reason, because loads of movies have you're establishing multiple characters in multiple places, right? Mm-hmm. Loads of movies do that, and you cut between them no matter what. This but is- what I found in this was, I found myself unable to engage, because each one of those segments, the soundscape was so different, and it felt jarring to me, and it kind of knocked me back every time. Really? Yeah. I, I didn't have that issue. I mean, the, I don't really remember the score, to be honest with you. Mm. The, the only bits of the score I remember is when they allude to uh, John Williams' original theme. Uh, aside from that, I found the score to be fairly... You know, fairly ordinary. I mean, mm. I thought it sort of sits besides the images and it doesn't add or detract or anything. I it's... found it detracted a little bit because yeah. I thought the certain scenes where, uh, something to Uma and Bahir and BFM about, um, you know, the, if you think about the Ewoks walking around or R2 wandering down that canyon before mm-hmm. the Jawas get them, mm-hmm. right? There's those kind of whistly music in the background and it is kind of like, something's not quite right here, you know, mm-hmm, and those kind of, they sit in the background, they don't get into the foreground of your mind. Right. I found this, beginning of this, had a lot of it jumped into the foreground and pushed out what was going on instead. Mm-hmm. It didn't fade into the background like it should have. And only after, like yesterday, I think someone pointed out that Giacchino had four weeks to put this together. Yeah, yeah, he didn't have long. He didn't have long. And I felt like, what the music, after the amazing riffs on the theme from the trailers, Yeah, I was really hoping for so much more. Even when the logo but shows... But those, those uh, riffs on the trailer, that was before um, he came on board. Yeah. And you know, when the when the title card shows, mm-hmm. it's like the hint of a theme that hasn't quite been developed. Mm-hmm. There's like something there, and I've been humming that the last 24 hours for some reason, and there's something there, but it's not developed, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and I yeah. found that knocked me out of it a little bit. But did you find like... Uh, one thing I found about the characters is like they're all... All the performances... Uh, individually, I think, are solid performances. Yeah. And, you know, it's a solid cast. All of these guys have done very solid work before in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did find that none of them, none of them ever soared. You know what I mean? None of the characters really sort of like... Not even Alan Tudyk? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was getting to that. I mean, like, uh, the only character that really managed to just sort of steal every moment he was in yep. was the droid, was the... K- K2SO. Yeah, K2SO. Um, and I, and I, I really enjoyed that part of it. But even then, after a while, that character ended up being a character who was like, he's going to say something funny. Yeah. He's going to say something funny. He's going to say, there wasn't a single scene where he didn't have like, um, like a little sort of like punchline. And after a while, that kind of got a little predictable. I won't say annoying because, because his lines are funny. But I think that that builds up nicely to a point near the climax where he says something that's not a joke. Yes. And that worked very nicely. Yes, it did. It did. But I just did find that you had all of, because all of the characters theoretically have very interesting backgrounds. Yeah. But you never really got a, you never really felt the weight of any of it. And, and a lot of the performances, even though they were solid, just ended up being a bit kind of, just a little lightweight. And there was no real, like, uh, there's no strong, like, okay, like, there's no strong male central lead. Like, they tried to do that with, uh, Diego Luna. Diego Luna. 
but you know, he's no Luke Skywalker. He's no Han Solo. He's no. He's he's, 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 he's not even a fucking Lando. Mm. You know, I mean, it, you it, fucking Lando. You fucking Lando. <laughs> it just didn't. It just didn't quite register. And everything felt like it was there in order for a character to get to a certain point where she could repeat a certain line and give and give some inspirational speech that she, that frankly wasn't earned. Mm, maybe you know. And after a while, that just sort of like. But these are the kinds of things that you that you think about after you watch the movie. While I was watching the movie, I was thoroughly entertained. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's not a bad film. No. Not by any stretch of the imagination. I think the last, I was the, last the last third is a great film. Yeah. It's just it's weighed down by yeah, the, the, the other The final battle is great. There's, uh, the, the way the final battle is done, um, you know, I like to use this, you know, the geography of war, that's very nicely done. You can tell where everything is and yeah. I really appreciate that. And it had some nice sort of, um, uh, um, you know, uh, sort of, Illusions, illusions, illusions to um, you know the Pacific War. Yeah, that I thought was very nicely done, very nicely realized. I mean, there's parts of it and look- and, and very fresh. Like for a Star Wars movie, that's a very fresh perspective, a yeah. very nice, different way. It looks of, like they're running stage. around. It looks like they're running around out by the airport here. <laughs> there's all these palm trees are everywhere and nice stands. And it was the Maldives, I believe, they shot in. And it's like again, it's just seeing that is very very cool. Yeah, and I loved all that. I thought that was really really nicely done. Um, and I, I was so scared shitless that, uh, that, you know, get, that, uh, Gareth, get Edwards. Gareth Edwards was gonna pull a Godzilla and he's like, we're gonna show you everything but yes. the fucking <laughs> <laughs> And I was very happy that, uh, he didn't do that. I mean, having said that, I liked his Godzilla. Um, hmm. I liked the fact that he kept a lot of it kind of hidden and the perspective was different. It was a fresh, the was, cut, the cut it was to, a fresh take and I liked that, but I was so terrified that he was going to do something similar with this because Star Wars isn't like that. I want to see shit. Yeah. No, and, and I think that fit that movie perfectly. The yeah. cut to the Mutos attacking, like cutting to the TV in the, in the Las Vegas uh, casino. Yeah. Like, I love that. I mean, people were giving out about this constant tease, but I was like, no, this is, I laughed out loud when that happened because you're expecting rampaging through yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Uh, Las Vegas. And instead, you get like, it's on TV. And it's like, yes, brilliant. No, I like that. Yeah. I, had, I had no problem with that. A lot of people had issues with that. I didn't have any issues with that. Uh, but I was very glad that he didn't do that with this. Mm. But yeah, like, just, just coming back to what I was saying, like, to me, like, I know you're sort of like uh, centering on Felicity Jones's character, Jenner or so, and, yeah. I, and I get that. But I just felt that um, the other characters weren't really sort of... They weren't given their due. Neither, none of the characters were really given an opportunity to really shine. Mm. Um, and, even, and, when, and when you kind of felt like they were being given their moments, somehow it just didn't take off. Mm. I mean, uh, Donnie Yen's, it's probably not intended to be Donnie Yen's moment, but when he gets the bag put over his head... That, yeah, that was an... I mean, yeah. That's a fantastic moment. That's a fantastic moment. And there are a lot of fantastic moments. I'm just saying... Character-wise, it's character, not Character-wise, yeah. yeah, yeah. you didn't really give a shit. Mm. I didn't really care. Even about Jyn Erso's character, I didn't really care. Uh, because, and when we were talking about this earlier, like in, in, the, in, the, in the trailers, there's lots of imagery and dialogue in the trailers that isn't in the film. Mm. And the stuff in those trailers uh, give you the impression that there's a darker cut, that there was something, uh, that, that there was, some, there was a, a cooler, darker angle to her character. Yeah, she gets on board a bit too quick, maybe. Is that kind yeah. of thing? Yeah, no, like her switch from, from uh, I don't really want to be here to... You know, you know, we have to do this. We have to do this was not earned at all. I felt, you know, it, it just it was like the switch was. I think that might be because of uh, the Death Star, and we'll get to that in spoilers. I think that's a, remind me of that later. That's I think there's a point to that which we as, as bam a, found a weakness, just like the fucking Death Star. As an audience, <laughs> we're used to knowing the destructive power of the Death Star. Yeah, but yeah. to have that like that is there. Oh God, I'm gonna get in trouble for this. This is the Galactic Republic's 9/11. 
Huh? Like the initial yeah, yeah, yeah. demonstrations, yeah. Like those are those are those are giant wake up calls for everybody. Like the, the fact that I love the fact that the rebellion almost caves. Yeah, they was like, "Fuck this!" No, Fuck Jesus this. Christ! No, I'm out. Why don't you put her in charge? <laughs> <laughs> it's game over, man. Game, game over. over. They've got a fucking planet destroyer for yeah. God's sake. What are we gonna do? <laughs> Throw <laughs> rocks. <laughs> Get what some teddy bears. What are we gonna use? Harsh language. <laughs> That's what this movie was missing. This movie was missing a Hudson. It yeah. was missing a Hicks. It was missing like strong fucking characters. Strong fucking weak characters. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it just make, makes me wonder. Shit, what would James Cameron do with a Star Wars movie? <laughs> Holy shit, man! You take what? fucking six to will ten you, years to you, make will it. Will you get your ass off of Pandora mm. and make a Star Wars movie, James? Please. Yeah, I mean, come so- on, Jim. Make it happen, you piece of shit. So you had problems with the Force <laughs> Awakens, but where would you slot this into your ranking? Um. I would say, like, uh, it's my, it's my, like, Empire's number one, right? Empire's number one, New Hope's number two. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd place this before, I enjoyed this more than Jedi. All right. I'd say it's, I'd say it's my, I'd say it's my, uh, third favorite Star Wars movie in terms of just sitting down and enjoying yourself. Yeah. You know, I think um, Jedi had a little bit more had a little bit more dramatic meat on it, mm. and I think in terms of repeated viewings, I'll, I'll probably prefer Jedi. But it just in terms of sitting down and having fun and enjoying it, like I, I prefer I preferred it to Episode Seven. Really, okay. I think I, I would put like on the sitting down having fun scale. Episode Seven, I think I'll, I'll rewatch more. Having seen this twice and having seen Episode Seven about four or five times, mm-hmm. I think when drunk and just turning on the TV. Like, Episode 7, there are certain parts I think I, I could watch over and over again. Kylo Ren fucking punched himself the fucking ribs and he's gonna kill his bitch! <laughs> but, but, um, I mean, but then again, I don't know. I've only seen this movie once, and I'm only just sort of coming off of it in terms of, like, how I felt while I was watching it. Yeah. How I felt while I was watching it and how I felt after I watched it are actually quite different. Yeah. Uh, same thing with Force Awakens. When I watched Force Awakens, I enjoyed myself. And then walking out of there, I'm like... Fuck, there's some shit that's not right. <laughs> you know, and I felt the same way with this, but it's not enough for me to go, oh, this movie sucks. Yeah. You know? Um, and it doesn't it definitely does not suck. No, it definitely does not suck. Uh but I enjoyed it. And 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 again, like what I really liked about it was how it balanced out being something retro with being something really fresh. Yeah. And because it didn't have the baggage that, that episode seven had, it was it had more freedom to be its own thing. Yeah. Where I felt let down was with the characters because you've got this hugely dramatic setup in which you know it's not going to end well. Yeah. And it, it gives you a unique opportunity as a storyteller telling a Star Wars story to come up with something that's actually really resonant. Mm. And I think it just missed the mark with that. I don't it know was, about it, that. It was, a, it was a little bit of a wasted opportunity to create something that really could have had really dramatic emotional weight, and I, I just felt it missed the mark a little bit. It came, it, you know, it, it came close, but it just missed the mark. I actually bit. used "missed the mark" in one of my tweets about my posting my review. But um, I think on the second viewing, there's a moment. There's one moment that gives you that, and it's the com- it's the conversation between Jin and uh, Cassian Andor after uh, the wet planet. And it's a point where it's a, it's one of those things where it's delightful screenwriting because both characters are right, and they're arguing, mm. and it's like I don't have to defend myself. Yeah. Like, she says like you know you're just using you, words can't get you out of what you were what you were going to do or what you did, yeah, and he's yeah. like I don't have to. That moment, yeah, I want more of that. I think is what you're looking for, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because he is. It's it's only I mean, second viewing maybe brought it home a little bit more. 
he's one of his head of rebel intelligence. He does an awful lot of nasty shit. And that kind of plays into the climax we'll talk about later in that in order for all the nasty shit they've done to mean anything, mm-hmm. the rebellion has to stand for something. Yeah. I think it, it, it is in there. But it's a tip of an iceberg. But that's the problem. Is like it is in there, but yeah. it's not. That's what I'm saying. You want the iceberg. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I want that. Exp- I want that explored. You don't want just the tip. No, I don't want just the tip. Yeah, I'm too old for that shit. <laughs> you know, maybe like 15 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll get to our little. Uh, we we put a call out on uh, our Twitter account on McYap and Fries at McYap and Fries and on uh, my twi- Twitter account McNasty Prime. And mine, Gabby, up. To see if people wanted to... Or on a Facebook page, which is a big phrase as well. See if people wanted to give their comments. So some asked a few to, like, what are your thoughts before if you haven't seen it? And what are your thoughts after? So Florence Wan messaged us saying, Before, I'm curious, but I'm actually tired of Star Wars. Disney is going to pound this franchise to death. Now, after, would, after I'll let you know Sunday. So she's going to see it Sunday. That is something that... I was into the Slash Filmcast. They did a non-spoiler review. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about, we're at a very interesting time now. We've had two good Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting and this is like a very unique time where we're not going to get to the point where we're going to get three Star Wars movies a year Yeah, because um, it's going to happen eventually Yeah, and it's an interesting time to be living no I actually agree with her I mean um, when I watched it I watched it you know I really did feel like I was just watching it as a film yeah but um, and it was sort of and it was just sort of knowing the way other people kind of look at it with, with a lot of the baggage that comes with being sort of a fan of Star Wars because you're trying to pick shit out and all yeah. that. And and I didn't really do that while watching this. I was able to just sort of watch it on its own. Let it wash over you. And and I think if if they can keep doing sort of standalone stories like this that can you know that can just sort of exist on 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 its own, I'm kind of all for it. Yeah. My issue is when they're starting to do sort of like young Han Solo movies or yeah. you know like th- those are the kinds of movies that I have no interest in. I I I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, do young Boba Fett instead. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, but but it's, it's more sort of stuff like this that I think you know. If if this is the route they take, then I'm interested to see what they come up with. Yeah, but, I mean, but I know that's not what they're doing. Going glass half full side. This is a movie made purely for financial reasons that spurred a very creative endeavor. Yeah, and I hope I have a new hope that they can continue to do that yeah. with these other things. I mean, again. Maybe they can subvert expectations. The, the, the idea, the concept alone of a young Han Solo movie, like he walks into the, Harrison Ford walks into the frame fully fucking formed. Yeah. And it's, know, it, we've it, already had a young Han Solo movie. It was called Episode 4. Yeah. You know, I mean, we don't need to know. I mean, part of what makes him such a cool character is his legend. Yeah. And part of the cool thing about the, about, about a legend is that you weren't there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's you, it. That's perfect. You know, you didn't actually see it. It's, yeah. it's things that gets passed on, passed on. Yeah. You know, like it's the songs of glory that you yeah. know. And if you you take away, you take away the mystery and exhibit number number one, two and three, the fucking prequels. Yeah. <laughs> Darth, you 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 infantilized Darth Vader. You neutered Darth Vader by showing us what he was actually like. Yeah. And you're like, no, you know what? Fuck Darth Vader. Yeah. Little pussy, you know? <laughs> and I think there's, there is a real resurgence now in trying to rehabilitate the character. There's a scene in this movie which seems to be a massive fuck you to the prequels because mm-hmm. it reestablishes Darth Vader as supernatural badass and someone that everyone should be fucking afraid of. It's a yeah. very short scene and it's near the end and it's yeah, great. It's, great. it's like, this is, this is the Darth Vader you want. And I think Star Wars Rebels has been doing the same. Mm-hmm. It's like, I've seen, I haven't caught up to date 
but there is a scene where they clash with him and they get fucked and they just gotta get the fuck out of there. Like, yeah. Vader is the oncoming storm. Yeah, I mean, but you could also do, I mean, you can do... I always thought, my idea of the prequels, I wanted uh, Anakin Skywalker to be a hotshot loader pilot or something like that. Yeah. And Obi-Wan's on a secret mission, uh, but he's like, a, he's a teenager or a grown, 18 to 25, right? Yeah. He, he helped, Obi-Wan's on a mission, gets in scrapes, Anakin helps him out reluctantly. They get stuck together. They make a friendship, and that brings him into learning the Force and all that kind of stuff. As a grown-up, yeah, because yeah. he, he said he was an awesome pilot when I met him. He's like yeah. he wasn't an awesome spe- fucking pod racing pilot. He was an awesome pilot. Yeah, pod racers are like ballast. You just fucking hold on. And I wanted that. And like the Clone Wars, from what I've heard, tried to do this for a bit, where they made the, the, the cartoon show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's hero of the Galactic Republic. Mm-hmm. Like Anakin Skywalker was a. Like, a Smart general and did great things and all that kind of stuff. And they got there a little bit, but they, they, they still have that. By that point, they have so much baggage of whiny teenager to get over. Yeah. It's an uphill battle. Yeah. But he's pretty cool in this movie. <laughs> he is, he is, he is. Um, also, he lives in Mordor. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, lives right. in, he actually lives in fucking Mordor. It's like, it's the most un Star Wars looking thing. You're like, you're expecting Christopher Lee to turn up, right? Right. You know, or Peter Cushing. Yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> All right, so Re- Regina Fu from Facebook also said, before, excited, after, loved it, though the income was a bit of a, outcome was a bit of a surprise. Well, for you, maybe. Mm. Very clever of him to bring back, bring some characters to life digitally. And the, ver- the very last scene, Bridget Nicey's episode four, now must watch all the episodes again come Christmas. Which is, I think, mm-hmm. I, I, I wanted to watch episode four after the second watching. I, 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 I did too, actually. I yeah. mean, yeah. There, no, there isn't, the, the way that it does end, it, you do kind of like want to continue the story. Because <laughs> I, I assume this movie took place in the weeks or months before episode four. It takes place days, if not hours, before episode episode four. Yeah, yeah. Um, wait, I missed one. Uh, well, have fun with that, Regina. Yeah, have fun. Um, Let us know if it holds up. At God No Joe says, just want to shout out to Disney Lucasfilm. We can still spot CGI people. We'll get to that in spoilers. There's one that works quite well, and there's another one that I was like, oh, dear God, kill it with fire. Yeah, there's a couple of bits like that. <laughs> key, key word for bad CGI, lighting and yes. shadows. Yes, the lighting it's, it's, it's all the to last do with one that. is real it's bad. It's all to do with lighting and shadows. And um, yeah, that, that, that'll make or break your CGI. At Memoranglout says, uh, a good movie with an expected outcome. The rubber CGI was nasty as my nickname. Like Nasty Prime's nick, though. <laughs> yeah. Another question, though, is that um, at Kushari Masti, he gave us two, I think, um, I hope it really is a one-shot, not a last-minute deal to make a trilogy out of or something. Following up with, I mean, I know there's got, there'll be more Star Wars story movies, but I meant for Rogue One. I think it's very clear that it is. Yeah, I think... Uh, and, there will and, be no and, Rogue Two. But also, I think there, there was... Uh, there's even been, like... An, they've made it official that there is no sequel to this. Like, no. this is a standalone. I mean, even the name Rogue I mean, One is just... How, how bad luck do you have to have to be an actor and you score a role in a Star Wars movie? And it's the one Star Wars movie that will never have a sequel. Yeah. It's like, you're contracted for one film, I mean, the spiritual sequel <laughs> is the fact that, you know, Luke Skywalker's squadron later becomes known as Rogue Squadron. Mm. And it, it makes sense in this, because they were like, they went rogue, and they yeah. went proper rogue, and it was yeah. cool. That, yeah. that, that, that was nicely, nicely done. Yeah. Um, at uh, Tim Akinta says question do you think those who Kutuk Rogue One i.e. NYT review are not real fans actually so this is one thing I think this is an important uh, this is a very important thing for Star Wars and fandom in general it's like if you don't like it that's fine yeah and I've seen I haven't looked at many reviews but like if you look at if you just google Rogue One like we did looking for the IMDB page there's at the top there was the news articles yeah and some of them are a bit sniffy about it and some are like you know it's good for fans but not for everybody else 
there's a thing any fan if any talk to anyone and they like Star Wars and they're not a big fan of this movie most people should like this movie in, in some way or, or form but the other thing is yeah. like if they don't like it as much as you that's fine yeah it doesn't make a difference I mean the way I look at it it's you know it's like if you're a fan of a music artist and after a, after a point where they've got like quite a few albums chances of you sort of feeling loving every album equally is very slim yeah you know, and you shouldn't you shouldn't shit on the people who like their latest album yeah so their copy one it's like you know there's there are some people who will always like love the original of the, the first album mm. the, because that was their introduction and you can never get that initial sort of you can never get Pablo Honey again yeah there you go you can never go home open you know and then sometimes sometimes your favorite artist will go in a different direction you know he doesn't want to go pop he wants to go something more folksy and you just got to follow and you either like it or you don't doesn't mean that you stop liking that artist yeah if someone you know? sits you down and they don't like um, Hawk the Slayer you say alright maybe let's try let's watch Crow and see how we get on from there. Yeah. All the way around, is it? That reminds me, is like when you reacted to the Transformers trailer and you were like, meh, you know, the Transformers trailer. Yeah. And, and I'm like, really? For the trailer? <laughs> As opposed like, to the concept? How can you, like, say this is shit but defend Ice Pirates? Because <laughs> Ice Pirates is the bomb. <laughs> but there's a no, I just rem- no th- th- you just reminded me of that. I've yeah. never seen that. Meh, really? I mean, I know the movie's probably going to suck, but that was a pretty cool trailer. <laughs> I don't know. Prime is a bad guy. I don't know. It's like it's just gonna, you know. I don't even know what that is. Those it's, four, those four rocks are unicorn, aren't they? Unicorn. It, it does look like unicorn, and it looks like instead of doing, they've already done Galvatron, so they're making Prime Galvatron. I don't know. I reckon they are. I wouldn't try to. I wouldn't assume. The one know. moment that I was kind of like there was a, there was a, there was a, there's a tiny there's a tiny spark, an all spark, if you will, of like hope for the Star Wars movies, the Transformers movies. That kind of was slightly burst into life when I saw the guy from. The Vegas TV show. He was in the first couple of Transformers with Josh, du- Josh DeHamel, is it? Josh DeHamel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh DeHamel yeah, yeah. and Marky Marker together. And it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, we're all ties together. That's interesting. Wait, I don't give a shit. Why am I? No. No, no. I was like, I thought it was nice. Like, it was nice to see Josh DeHamel again. And he's like, you know, the mission's over. And then I, and then where it lost me was when Marky Mark went, we're not giving up, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go talk to some animals. Yeah. <laughs> hey, dog. <laughs> Say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> but, the, but there's an idea in fandom of gatekeeping, and yeah, okay, fair enough. If if I met if I meet a kid who's into Transformers because those early movies, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, okay, cool. But let's uh, let's sit down and watch the '86 movie. You know what I mean? It's you. If someone doesn't like this movie, like, that's cool. But we can still watch our new hope together, right? Yeah. There's, there's no need to piss on anyone who doesn't quite get the same yeah. fanish thing. As but you if know. you're if you're the kind of if you're the kind of fan that's just like. Anything other than what em- I like. Empire Strikes Back sucks. Yeah. Then you know it's then it, <laughs> you're just you're just hurting yourself. You're just you know it's not about whether you're a Star Wars fan or not. You're just you're just an asshole, you're Walter. Just, you're, you're just a dick. Yeah. <laughs> so open open your arms to these people. Yeah. I mean, at that time in America, we we're playing football on the road, and a little kid was running around saying, "Oh, me," how, was just quoting Jar Jar things. Did I kick the football at her face? No. Did I go over and strangle her with a wet rag? No. No. I went inside, had a few beers, and got horrifyingly drunk. <laughs> and, you know, decried the state of the future. <laughs> and called her up. Hey, Stacy. Yeah. I'm coming around to your house with a big knife. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure she voted for Trump. Then I'm going to kill mommy and <laughs> Because it was a long time ago. <laughs> the kid probably grew up to be a Trump voter. Probably. Probably. Fuck. All right, some more we got. Um, question two from Tim McKinto was, this is a great mature Star Wars movie, but parents should... Should they bring their kids to this? Agree or disagree? I don't know. I think... I guess it I mean, depends how the, old the kid is. Yeah, it? I mean, it's again, for anything like this, I always say, go and look at the BBFC website in the UK. 
they do a really good they have a really good like site where they rate the movie and they say they don't rate the movie they just say like you know why it's this why they gave it an age rating and it's also a spoiler section that'll pop up if you want to see that and it'll explain why they gave it like a PG-13 like there's moments of mild peril or um, certain children might find if, if certain children are you know my girlfriend for example music fucks, freaks her out the actual <laughs> horrifying bits in horror movies don't get her but the build up music really right. gets to her right. so they will explain that kind of stuff right. I think this movie <clears throat> If they've gone through a loss recently, don't bring them. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of loss in this movie. And I mean, a lot of it is like, you know, you're going out on your own terms. But still, you know, there's a lot of death. But I do feel that, you know, because all parents are different. Mm. And different parents have different sort of sensibilities yeah. about what they is okay or not okay to expose their kids to. And there are certain things to think about. I mean, like, there's action, but there's no violence. Mm. It's you all know, laser blasters. You know what I mean? It's like there's no blood no. or anything like that. So, so, so I think, you know, if you don't, if you don't, if you, if you're cool with things like that, then I think it's all right to take your kid to it. Mm. The, the themes of the film are very positive themes. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like, um, you know, it's not like it's not like it's a morally ambiguous movie. It's no. not, and so with things like that, I find it's. They won't teach your kids to do drugs. Yeah, yeah. I think it's overall, it's the themes are very positive. So in that regard, I think it's okay f- for kids to see it. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I'd say like eight, maybe the oldest, maybe older and younger than that might be troublesome. I don't Any know. I mean, like, have you spoken to eight-year-olds these days? Like, I don't know. I talked to Nan. Nan's <laughs> always, always asking about his five-year-old nephew or niece. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. like, um, there was something recently, and I was like, no. Don't. I think it was Fantastic Beasts. I was like, no, there's there's a there's a bit of heaviness in there that I don't think a five year old they won't. The magic stuff is like, oh yeah, and then there's like there's some stuff that's like, no, they will, this don't not yet. Right, right. <clears throat> yeah. Um, hope, hope that answers your question. Hope that answers your question. But there ends our audience participation round of the podcast. So we're gonna move into spoilers. All right, spoiler town. So I had to write it out. Well, I didn't have to. I recommended it because I just I took I took notes. You know, I take notes in cinema. Yes, I know. But even with that, that's why I don't sit with you anymore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's the it's constant like scribbling a... of the pen and the turning <laughs> of the pages. Put your shoulders up, you fucking. <laughs> <old>. <laughs> He's got a notebook. He's a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Versed in this shit now, you know. You've got your, you've got your. Uh, I've got, I'm in the zone. You've got your, uh, your, your method down pat. Yeah, I've read a couple of your reviews. Very nicely done. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, I'm happy with the wrong one. Well, I figure it's a fair trade. You know, you've seen a couple of my movies. <laughs> I, should, I, should, I should read a couple of your reviews. At some point, I'll end up reviewing one of yours, and I, I don't know what'll happen then. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, because I, I can imagine, I can imagine the podcast where you and Uma review Kale Twenty Four Zombies. <laughs> I'm just like these motherfuckers. <laughs> They're gonna go to town. They're, they have no idea what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> those who can't make movies, those who don't, review. Review. <laughs> so one of the nicest surprises I got in this movie was when fucking Grand Moff Tarkin turned up. Mm. That was that was great because at first, you know, he's got his back. He's got his back to us, mm. and you're like, yeah, yeah, right, cool, cool. And, and they actually got. Wait, wait, like, did wait. they get Christopher Eccleston to play him in, in Revenge of the Sith? They got somebody to play him like physically in Revenge of the Sith and put makeup on because he just stands there and say anything. I can't remember. I can't yeah. remember. But so you see him like with his back to, with his back to us, and you're like, yeah, all right, cool, cool. Yeah. And then you see his face reflected in the glass. Cool, cool, yeah, cool. All right, I'm liking it. Cool, then, cool, cool. Then he turns around. And you're like, holy shit, they fucking went there. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and and again, what you were talking about earlier, the lighting and stuff. Mm. He works incredibly. He well. He works really well. And um, at, at moments, I was thinking like, I haven't. I don't know who actually did anyone. I don't know who if they listened to the credits yet. Who played him? But like, I was getting a real child's no, dance vibe. Off they him. did. They did. Yeah. Um, they did. Uh, I remember even even with Leia, they there was someone who stood in to, to play this dude because the voice. I mean, I was getting a real child's dance vibe off it. Yeah. Because Charles Dance is just turning into crushing. Yeah. What you talking about, Guy Henry? Good job, Guy. Ah, oh, come on, Guy! Oh, come on, Guy! <laughs> <laughs> but that is really well done. Oh, we, we didn't talk about uh, is it Tim Mendelssohn? What's his name? Mel- Mendelssohn? Or ben Ben Mendelssohn. Ben Mendelssohn. I actually liked him. I, I liked him. I, 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 I liked. I liked the fact that the main villain was not. A military person that, that well, he's, he's kind of he's just a director I, he's not a general well, I know but what I mean is is that he's it, did, it didn't come across like he's a soldier he's more of a corporate politician politician and I liked that yeah. I, I thought that was very nicely done I prefer him to uh, the, the, the the villains in episode 7 mm. absolutely there's a moment you know when Vader chokes him out yeah I was wondering from the trailers what Vader's doing with his hand like that but he's doing it like he's doing a secret choke mm, secret yeah, choke. yeah but when um, he's like, don't under overestimate your position, or don't yeah. get don't get too cocky, don't yeah. get too cocky, kid. Yeah, yeah. Mendelssohn kind of picks himself up, st- starts unchoking, then he grins a bit. He smiles. He yeah. smiles. He's like, oh, I still got it. <laughs> well, because he knows, he knows that I'm I'm still in the game. Yeah, and I like that. And I know? like the fact that also there's numerous, there's two points where he's the only one. Like I, as a project manager, I haven't I haven't been on a Jesus project. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't been on as big a project as the Death Star. But there's the boys the, like where they're they're, they're attacking the the base. It's like every Scar- time you do that, it's like during the war. <laughs> <laughs> every time back in my days as a project manager, once in band camp, um, he's just like he's the one who like there's explosions going off off of all of the Scarf base, and everyone's going like, huh? and he's going like, Master the fucking garrison. Yeah, it's like. What are you seeing this? What are you doing? What are you doing? And he's the same on Edo, where he's like, you know, fucking launch the fighters, you dog, you dicks, fucking fire back. What the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> <laughs> so I can, I can, I can uh, relate to that level of middle management. <laughs> I know, I know. He, I almost wanted him to win. <laughs> I was like, he's worked so hard on this Death Star. Yeah, and he has such a nice cape. <laughs> it's his baby. It's like this is his, this is his master project. I do have one, <laughs> one, one, one point. It's like, okay, I understand the. the plot reasons for having a meeting in the fucking rain yeah. would you not go inside <laughs> it's not cinematic man i know it looks not nice. cinematic and tie fighters in the rain look fucking cool yeah what did you think of uh Stuart inway's not jedi jedi because i kind of played it for last but like he's fucking kicking ass all over the fucking shop yeah yeah no i'm i thought he was badass i mean they liked i like the, the fact that he's like he's listening like yeah. they do like the zoom in on the feet and stuff like that of the the the, uh, the guys and I, I really like they're fucking fu- they're fucking each other right him and base it kind of feels that way no it? It, i i thought i thought it was it's not subtext like it's like it's seriously when Chirrut dies yeah base is like as the as he's as he's dying and the grenade goes off he turns around and it's a beautiful shot i'm sure there's a, a better version of it you can see the flames almost licking his face yeah as they engulf him and he's looking over at Sherrod's body because yeah. he says he goes he go, runs over to the body and says don't go yeah and that is a line that is said in so many romantic yeah, movies yeah yeah, yeah it is and I, actually i really liked the two of them i was actually concerned that i wouldn't yeah i was concerned that they were just in there to please the chinese market yeah and you know they probably are but you didn't feel 
like like you did in uh, Independence Day two, for example, where you yeah. just knew that oh, these fucking people are there Tacked to, on. to sell shit to China. Even there's a and, great and, and you didn't feel it. It felt very organic. Yeah, and there's a, it, it, although although in the back of your mind you're like. So what, did they wipe out all the fucking Chinese people in episode four? Like, you know, where'd all the Chinese people go in episode four? Where'd all the female pilots go? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like they're really progressive. And then after this mission, it's like, well, we let the Chinese and the women do it. And then they fucking fucked it up. So it's we're not the time. They couldn't find any Chinese actors in Pinewood in the fucking 70s. But, um, you know, there's a, there's he a great... was too busy, like, fixing the catering. Yeah. <laughs> the... Wushu pork again? <laughs> but there's even just a great moment that Jen Wang, right? Jen Wang? Yeah. Wen Jiang. Wen Jiang. He has a great moment where even just when they get on the shuttle leaving Edu and they have the kind of talk and he's just sitting on the door mm-hmm. and as the conversation ends, he just, he just leans back and goes, oh. Yeah. And it's like, that's oh, just like nice moments like that. And like, just putting the bag over Donnie and Ted is like, what? I'm, I'm blind. Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm blind. blind. <laughs> I got a huge laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And deservedly so. Yeah. Um, so, um like Riz Ahmed. I kind of felt was a little bit wasted. Yeah. You know, well, um, you know him from something else? Wasn't he in, um, uh, was it Four Lions? Oh, was he? Wasn't he? Was he? I don't know. <laughs> was he? I've seen him in some shit. Welcome to another edition of Two Grown Men Google shit. I could be wrong. I don't know. No, but I, I thought individually, like, you know, like yeah. I was saying earlier, individually they're fine and they're all doing solid work. But for some bizarre reason, they're just not given... The, yeah, I think they're he, not given the the meat. I think uh, Riz Ahmed's Bodie man, Bodie man. Um, he had a little bit more to me. He's something like Galen said. This could make it right. Yes, like, I mean it's a throwaway line, but it, it implied so much more about that character. Galen is the fucking gayest name ever. Galen, you can't call Mads Mikkelsen Galen. Well, yeah, he wasn't four lines. He was Omar. He's in Jason Bourne as well and Nightcrawler. All right. Oh yes, I remember him from that. He was good in Nightcrawler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nightcrawler is great. Have you seen it yet? No. Jake Gyllenhaal is amazing. Oh, I've heard, but I don't think it's kind of. Feel good movie, my girlfriend wants to watch. No, it's not a feel good movie. <laughs> it is not based on a Marvel comic character. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, the moment, my, speaking of my girlfriend, she actually, the moment where the grenade landed in the shuttle with him, mm-hmm. she like yelped. Oh, right, right. Yeah, it was like, no! And I mean, that's the moment. It's Is he first or is K2 first? Uh, K2's first. K2's first. K2's first. When the moment he just says, climb! Yeah. yeah. And you're like, he's for it now. Yeah, he's so far now. He's such a badass fucking droid. So many fucking great. I'll go with you, Jin or so, because Captain <laughs> Captain Andor told me I had to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was nice to see three PO and R two D two. Yes, that was very cool. That's that one of the nice. many many Easter eggs. Even is it? I presume that's the same guy in the bucket at uh, Yavin four. Yeah, they are. You know, like uh, those two characters are the only two characters that have appeared in every single Star Wars film. Yeah, I mean, and. and did you cheer a little inside when Jimmy Smith turned up? I smiled. Yeah. I smiled. That, that, that was nice. Again, Bail Organa ties everything together. He's Lee is that except that. I mean it's a nice it's a nice comment, right? But it's like we need to get all the allies we can get. Like your friend, the Jedi? The Jedi. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You should send someone you trust. I trust I, I trust no one higher than her or something like yeah, that. Something like, like you that. know who he's talking I about. I trust her with my life. And then he goes, like Give me Captain Antilles. Captain Antilles never gets on screen. I think it, yeah, I mean yeah. he gets I'm not sure if Captain Antilles gets fucking strangled by Vader or not, mm-hmm. but there's like he's the line at the end where he gets back in the ship, he's like, Let's get ready to all get her away. Make sure those make sure those escape pods are working, okay? Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise episodes four are gonna be real short. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff really, like stuff like that was quite funny. Yeah, you know, so we're just plugging a couple of holes here. Yeah, just plugging a couple it's, of it's, holes. It's plot polyfiller. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and again, uh, talk about note taking, but like I wasn't looking for these things. The second time, I was looking for a slightly more. But um, the two assholes from the cantina turn up. 
Uh, Ponda Baba yeah, and yeah, yeah, Kairos yeah, yeah. Evazan have to look looking, amazing. Looking pretty damn good. Yeah, because it's not... They, they, they're they catching the next transport to fucking Mos Eisley. Yeah. Um, oh, what was the other one? Uh, so the, the Star Wars Rebels TV show is still ongoing, so it's probably easier to tie that in. And they will tie that in, but when Mon Mothma and Bail Organa are talking, there's a, 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 a calls over the Tannoy, General Sundula. Mm-hmm. Sindula is Hera that we like in the show. Mm-hmm. And the ship is parked when Jin and Andor first leave. Right. The ship is parked in the top right hand corner of the screen, which is a nice, it's just nice. It ties it all together. And I think when they launched Rebels, we didn't know what was going to be. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, like, I think it was Susan, they had a, a Sith Inquisitor who got iced, and then, like, Vader became the villain. Yeah. In that show. And they've been doing that thing with him just, like, easily dispatching, the, you know, the Rebels and having no problems with them. So they've been tying that in nicely. It's like, it's like they're doing it organically. It feels How do you really feel nice. about uh, the Saul Guerrero character? It's a bit weird. Like, I wanted to like him, but there was something about him that I found kind of annoying. Well, and, and it's not nothing to do with the performance. Yeah. It's just, the, there's something, like, like uh, when, when his, they were all, his, when they were all his, taken prisoner. His delivery at the beginning is pretty weird. When they were, t- when they were all taken prisoner and everything. Uh, well, no, when, when, um, when Bodhi was taken prisoner. For some bizarre reason, I really was annoyed by that. Well, it's, it's Star just, Wars Apocalypse Now. I think like, some other website pointed this out, but he's like, Lies! Deception! Deception! Uh, uh, Mona eyes! He's like, he's not even like, look, look at the fucking, I have a tape! Play the tape! I know, exactly! You didn't it's find like, it in my boot, I gave it to them! Yeah, yeah, exactly! This dickhead with the fucking mask, fuck him, read this! Exactly, and we've gone beyond mad dictator to the point where it's, you know, because when he talks to her, when he talks to Jin, you know, he's suddenly he's making sense again and all yeah. of that, you know, like, this is why I'm doing this, you may not agree with my tactics, but this is why I'm doing this, which suggests that he still has some idea of how things work in a logical way. And I was going and to... So, when, when, he's, so when, when he's got when, Bodhi there, he's like, at the very least, check out the fucking tape. Well, before you subject him to the fucking mind-raping monster... We shall find out if you're a liar. Borgullet! He's like, what? You know, what? Borgullet, what? what? And I'm like, what? what's Borgullet? Why is Forrest Whitaker channeling Baron Greenback? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Danger Mouse! Ben Ford! <laughs> <laughs> and like, there's one moment where he stops... Takes out his ventilator, takes a breath, and then yeah. as it snaps back in, the music cue hits. And yeah. I'm like, "What? <laughs> That's so fucking weird." But okay, so the firing, of, the initial firing of the Death Star. Yeah, I think that scene. I did saying, miss that sound. Mm. And I mean, <laughs> that again, was nice. That took me back. Didn't they do it for something? Like I thought they reshot it for something. Maybe it was for the special editions. They reshot that. Like I remember reading a story at some point about going back to because it's a sound recording studio or a TV studio, right? Yeah, where those Empire dudes are. Pulling yeah, levers yeah, yeah, and pressing yeah, buttons. Yeah, yeah. And the second time they do the firing in this show, it's the exact same fucking shots. Now, I think they reshot that for the special editions for high def or something like that. Right. But, I mean, it is the exact same. There's just two guys kind of fucking cowering from the beam as it goes off. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know it was such a precision instrument. <laughs> like, at the end, it's a miss it the first time, but when Krennic is, like, crawling along the bottom of the satellite dish, mm-hmm. and he looks up, Moff Tarkin says, take out the Citadel. Yeah, yeah. The... The, the guy's down in engineering. He's like, fuck, I bet you I could just shoot the top off the tower. Because they yeah, miss yeah, it by yeah, miles. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. they just take the tower out. It's like, I'm going to aim. I'm going to get Director Krennic right in the fucking yeah, face. I, because I he didn't give me a pay rise last year. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's a planet devourer. But we can really just sort of focus in yeah. on this one little thing. Yeah, one if, guy. One if, guy. If we want. Yeah. I did think that scene... That scene, so the scene with Bays and, and uh, Chirrut going out is... Uh, is, is uh, do you like the way they were called Guardians of the Wills? Because you know the original... Original scripts for Lucas, like he talked about it in one of the prequel docs, I think mm-hmm. it was. They originally were all, instead of having a long time ago in a galaxy far away in the crawl, they all had a quote from the Journal of the Wills. Oh, right. I didn't know like, about Like, Will Wheaton. And that's why they're, they're introduced as Guardians of the Wills. And I was like, that's a nice way of tying it in. Right. I mean, it's the same way that, that Starkiller in uh, yeah. 
in episode seven because yeah, it's yeah. like it was Anakin's yeah. third killer was Luke, yeah, yeah, Luke's yeah, first yeah, name. Yeah. Um, I got I I pretty I had an idea Andor's death was going to be a fake out. And there's a weird cut there as well. Right? He gets shot and then like it cuts to her face and then he's lying down. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was a bit that, weird. That was a weird cut. Yeah. yeah, it was a little too weird. You like you knew he was coming back. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah, there was a couple of other. Oh, the final assault was great. There's like you're cutting between action on the surf and action in space. And what I, one of the things, one of the things I most love about this, Red Leader and Gold Leader are the same guys from Episode Four. Did you spot that? Yeah, I did. I did. And it's like that's nice. That's nice. They just took out the starfield behind them and put yeah, like yeah. a planet behind them, and yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it makes it. And did you see the one guy? There's one guy whose death they really concentrate on. That's Red Five. Mm-hmm. So that would explain why Luke, who only just joins the Rebellion, gets yeah. that call sign. Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. we got a vacancy for Red 5. <laughs> but yeah, that's what came back about something earlier about slotting in so well. Like yeah. They talk about Captain Tilly's, they talk about the, the blockade runner at the end. Mm-hmm. And seeing things in a Star Wars battle you haven't seen before. When General Radis says, get me a hammerhead Corvette. Yeah, I, you kind of got an inkling what he's talking about. Like yeah. I thought they were just gonna like throw the fucking star destroyer at the thing we need to break. Yeah, and yeah. then he doesn't. They throw it at the other star yeah, destroyer. Yeah, 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 and yeah. again, because you know, because which, th- which you are sort of kind of defying logic quite a bit. A little bit, but then a when you know, bit, the, but, but, they, they, but by then that kid, like moments like that are earned. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the other thing is, considering Krennic, he's got white uniform. Do you know why? He's the one who says, "What the fuck are you doing, guys? Reverse." Yeah. Like there's one guy on the bridge. Is like <laughs> it's the same in um, Empire, right? When the ex- executor goes down. Yes, yes. Or, no, it's not. It's in, it's in Empire when the two, when they're chasing after, they're so intent on chasing the Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. the two Star Destroyers going up nose to nose. Yeah, yeah, And then, yeah. like, they duck. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It's like, no one's saying, like, sir, we're a bit close. Yes, no, I remember that. Watch remember the curbs. That. Watch the curbs. <laughs> yeah, it was a, that, that whole, that, I think maybe the other cut was, like, that whole sequence was more. It's like, that was the movie. Because I think, and that, 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 Dumbass thing we talked about on the podcast with Donnie Yen going, yes, isn't in the movie, thankfully. He does he does do it with something similar, yeah. but it's not that cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know the bit you mean, yeah. Yeah, because he does it kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You go team. But yeah, I mean, as I said, the score really bugged me a lot. It just didn't hit where I want to. Darth Vader lives in Mordor. I like the way he just hangs in his back to tank when he's like doing nothing. Yeah. He's like listening to the girl from Ipanema when he's yeah. in there or, you know, watching Netflix. He's checking out his hands, making sure they're not too pruned. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Princess Leia looked fucking weird. Yeah, she looked bad. Si- like, shiny she, and she bad looked, CGI. She looked bad. She looked bad. They should have just kept her, like, in the in the hood. Yeah. And just shadows. It would have been fine. Yeah. You know, you didn't even really need to see her face. Like, no. you see that and, you know, you're, you we know who it is. Yeah. You know, and that would have been enough. Yeah. And Carrie Fisher's still alive. You could have, like, done it all. You could have done a, an X-Men. Oh, uh, uh, Kirk Douglas on it. Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Yeah, he could yeah. have done that. Yeah. That probably would have worked better. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, the, the Marvel have that tech and they're part of Disney, right? And like, I think the, the guys, the talk to the Phil Lord and Chris Miller, mm-hmm. are they Lego guys or are they the Captain America? They're the Lego guys. guys. These are the Captain America guys. Captain America guys are. The Russo I, brothers. The Russo brothers, yeah. The community guys. They shot uh, Peggy Carter with no makeup. Yeah. And then they aged her up digitally. Yeah. That might have worked in this, I yeah. guess. But um, that scene we talked about earlier about like rehabilitating Vader, like, it ties in so nicely as well. Like the original script for Star Wars, the reason because Darth Vader's not Luke Skywalker's dad at that point. Because but, but what I love is like when he's like fucking everyone up, 
it it never occurs to the guy at the door to be like, take this well, until, until, the until the right at the minute, very yeah. end. He's like, help, help, help. Yeah, but He's then just... he gets stabbed through the fucking door. <laughs> That's a cool moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the door opens. Yeah. But like I like I was expecting the um the white the light around the door, like at the beginning of episode four, for mm-hmm. them to break through. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, instead yeah. it's just like vroom, the call is coming from inside the house. Yeah. <laughs> He's already there. Yeah. There's that poor bastard he just rips up and holds against the ceiling and then just idly slices his fucking stomach off yeah, 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 and then yeah. like he's like okay Kylo Ren can stop blasters I'll stop three blaster blokes yeah. I'll just stop them I'll rip your guns off and then just murder all of you and the original scripts have like it's a space suit he's wearing that's why he's dressed like that mm-hmm. so having him just like standing in space cape fucking billowing while he's reaching after the fucking Corvette is just yeah. it's a beautiful shot yeah there's so much to like about this movie yeah oh, fuck I... and I think that's uh that's a good place to end. I think that's a good place to end. I mean, it's a good start. I mean, I, as I said, we have hope that they'll do something interesting. I mean, if he's if he's if he's a, a degenerate, he's going to be a degenerate bum by the end of it. But if he's more of a degenerate bum, like I presume, with Charles Gambino in it, like you're going to see how he wins the ship. Yeah, you're going to see how he does the thing in Twelve Parsecs, the Kessel Run. Yeah, uh, or maybe how he meets Chewie. Yeah. Now the 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 extended universe has all this shit about him being an Imperial uh, recruit and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. then like going away from them mm-hmm. so maybe they'll cover that but I think there's enough holes there that they could they, hopefully they'll do something good I hope so yeah and I mean the third one hasn't been confirmed yet right they haven't confirmed that the third one is, is, is a Boba Fett movie have they no they haven't they, they, that's a rumor but like yeah. again this is this is the movie that I think we talked about before this is the movie I wanted to see after the original three movies is like I want to see more stories from the Star Wars universe yeah. it is a Star Wars story I want to see I want to see that I want to, they've done it in other media they did the whole fucking Shadows of the Empire thing which is like bounty hunters and stuff mm. like I want to just see some bounty hunters or some yeah. just like people I'd, on I'd the like street to see, I'd like to see a Bosque movie or or uh, you know like a fucking Gamorrean guard movie yeah you know I want to see that and uh, the, the, the Flash film guys were talking like does this mean we're going to get like a romantic comedy in the Star Wars universe I don't see why you can yeah. I mean not anytime she's, soon <laughs> she's, a, she's a Gamoran he's a he's a he's a he's a, uh, a Wookiee they all said yeah. it wouldn't work <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet in the Star Wars universe. Where, I, I, where I, Romeo's dialogue is all... You know, I'd watch that. Yeah. I'd, I'd watch that before I watch a young Han Solo movie. Okay, anyway, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, it's a movie I think it could be watched over and over again. As I said, the score thing really bugged me. Um, <laughs> it, no, it, it, the second time really bugged me. There's no fucking theme. This is the fourth time you brought it up. I know, so it, it, must really, have, it must have, have really bugged you. Okay. But... Um, it, 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 it's worth your time it's definitely worth your time it's worth your time and I'm, I'm glad to have seen it and like watching it I was just like cheering inside most of the time it's only on later reflection I became an asshole yeah <laughs> so thanks for listening if you agree or disagree you can get me at McNasty Prime or the podcast at McGavin Fries uh, you can get me on Twitter as GaviApp Instagram GaviApp77 if you're listening to this on iTunes it would be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes because that will help other people find us also tell your friends about our podcast if, uh, if you like it let them know because the more listeners we have, the more we get on iTunes, and the more people we have on iTunes, the more, we, the more recognition we get on iTunes, the more followers we can get, and the more we can do this, and we can maybe branch out into other things as well, which we'd like to do. So yeah. let us know what you think, and we will, may the force be with you. <laughs>